Thanks for taking time to listen to this episode of The Real Rescue Podcast. Take a minute to go to therealrescue.com to check out these and other great deals from our sponsors here at The Real Rescue. This episode of The Real Rescue Podcast is brought to you by Breeze Eastern, the world's only dedicated helicopter hoist and winch provider, Axness. Because when lives are at stake and conditions are challenging, clear communication is of the utmost importance. Life Saving Systems Corporation. We do our work so you can do yours. Tough gear for tough jobs. And SR3 Rescue Concepts, because you don't know what you don't know. Breeze Eastern. They dedicate themselves to our helicopter rescue world. Since the very first helicopter rescue in November of 1945, Breeze Eastern has designed and manufactured superior rescue hoist solutions. While much of the technology and the unique mission requirements have changed over the past 75 years, their commitment to the rescuers, the operators, and those being rescued has not. Contact them today by visiting them at breeze-eastern.com. The Axness PNG Wireless ICS System can bring cutting-edge wireless intercommunication system technology to any aircraft. The PNG system can be fully integrated into an existing ICS system or can be carried on and off as a mobile base station. They can go anywhere, at any time, on any aircraft. Plus, with the strongest and most robust waterproofed handheld on the market, this system can take a hit and keep working. Their wireless intercom systems are designed to enhance situational awareness through improved communication capability. This system brings superior noise canceling technology to eliminate rotor wash and engine noise from your ICS. The Axness PNG wireless system is currently deployed in more than 1,800 public safety, air ambulance, and search and rescue aircrafts worldwide. I have personally used the Axness system in four different countries and on five different airframes. It is awesome. If you want more information, contact them today at axness.com. That's A-X-N-E-S dot com. You just make sure you tell them Quinny sent me. Life Saving Systems Corporation. They manufacture the world's toughest helicopter rescue gear. From my favorite harness as a rescueman, the Triton harness, to the rescue baskets, the litters, and of course, the most popular hook in all helicopters, the D-Lock. The team at LSE will cut bend, sew, weld, and machine these products into existence every day. We do our work so you can do yours. LSC, tough gear for tough jobs. Check them out today at lifesavingsystems.com and follow them on Instagram at Rescue Gear. That's at R-E-S-Q-G-E-A-R. And SR3 Rescue Concepts is a training company that can help with your helicopter training, a standardization and safety check, or maybe just an audit or an FAA refresher. They are here to bring your agency up to date with the most current techniques, rules, regulations, and equipment. The training staff is awesome. With the certified flight instructor pilots, experienced crew members, which I am happy to say that I am one of them, they offer training in rescue, medical, tactical, firefighting, ground operations, and night vision goggle use. SR3 is also partnered with Petzl 
to assist with personal protective equipment and the highly specific Lazard. SR-3 also goes beyond the helicopter world as they provide high angle rescue training and tactical medicine training. Contact them today at sr3rescueconcepts.com or over on Instagram at sr3 underscore rescue. Up next, we got two guys that come to us from Seminole County Sheriff's Office out of Seminole County in Florida. The cool part about this is the fact that a week prior to this recording is when this rescue actually happened. And we get to hear it like right after it happened. So we got a little bit of news footage and we've got some video clips right out of Danny's helmet that are gonna be all posted on Instagram. Go check them out, it is amazing. So the fact of the matter is we get to debrief this as well as hear it from their side. And what makes this so cool is that not only do we hear it from their side, but we understand how much training went into this type of a rescue. And it made it so easy, so seamless, and then the lessons learned at the afterwards. It was brilliant. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Steve Ferris and Mr. Danny Casanova. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is The Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Real Rescue. Oh man, if we got a treat today, I am stoked. So from this recording a week ago, these guys made this rescue and I'm lucky enough to have them come on. To make this even better, this is kind of like a another visit from these guys. So Seminole County Sheriff's Office out of uh, Seminole County down in Florida. Episode 17 with Dan Antle and John Valentino. Those guys had a killer rescue. And now today we've got Lieutenant Steve Ferris and the crew chief amongst many other roles at the uh, Sheriff's Office, Mr. Danny Casanova. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Morning. Another day in paradise. Heck yeah. Yes, sir. Down like, here in paradise in Florida. It's a sunny, beautiful, warm day. I love it. Is it going to rain at two o'clock on schedule? Probably. <laughs> More likely, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. I Again, I had an opportunity to come down and train with you guys a couple of years ago. And, and I remember that specifically. Like, we ended up pushing training up to, like, start time at 0500 just so we could beat the rain and be debriefing and done by 2 p.m. <laughs> Oh, keeps you on your toes. Totally. So let's get into this rescue here, you guys. Like this literally happened last week. Uh, It's been all over the news and whatnot. And so I'm really excited that you guys are here to to tell us about it. But basically, the way the news broadcast it, it was a a guy in a canoe flipped over or flipped out of the canoe, him and his buddies. And he ended up getting in the forest. And next thing you know, he's lost for 40 hours. Is that about accurate for the call? That's pretty close. Uh, On Sunday, this happened uh, a little over a week ago. On Sunday, this all started at 2 o'clock. They went canoeing at Alexander Springs, which is one of our beautiful crystal clear spring-fed rivers here in central Florida. And they went. he went off with two of his uh, buddies, family members, and um, went canoeing and the canoe kept flipping 
whether that was accidental or on purpose, we see that often as, you know, three, three guys get in a canoe, they're having fun and it keeps flipping. So one of the guys had enough and he said, I'm walking back. Well, little did he know there's no walking back from where he was there. The woods was so thick and so dense that, um, come nine o'clock in the evening, he still hadn't made it back. And this all started at two. So that's when they reported him missing. Wow. All right. So now when the call came in, I assume that you guys just did like a search pattern over the top of the forest and stuff. Like how did all that go down? This was actually our neighboring County in Lake County. We're Seminole County. So they have their own helicopters, uh, with limited staffing. They're not 24 seven. So we didn't get the call till, um, the next day on Monday, I started getting calls. Hey, can we assist? Can you, um, if we find this guy, he's probably going to need a hoist. So we uh, got together a hoist team and did a flight out there, took a look for him, didn't see him. Their, their helicopter had been searching all morning. We did a look-see around midday, didn't see anything. I mean, it was thick. We had coordinates where he was last seen and uh, going into the woods. But of course, you know, you have to, you know, what really happened here, no one knows. You know, it's, it's an interesting story. So they have to look into all possible outcomes. But from what I heard, I was like, you know, this, I think he's out there. I really do. They asked us to thermal image it at two in the morning. So we sent our crew over there at two in the morning. They took a look, didn't see anything. So now we're in day two, uh, Tuesday morning, I wake up and I'm just like, I just had this gut feeling. I'm like, I think he's out there. Let me call the command post and see, because they had been camping out there 24-7, you know, yeah. organizing this search, trying to find this guy. And he said, yeah, we interviewed the two guys on the canoe. Stories matched. Um, and, you know, it just made sense to me that he had to be somewhere. He would have gone in the woods, tried to walk back, and he's just lost walking in circles. So um, I told our team, let's be ready to go. I have a feeling they're going to just spot them today by the ground. They were going to send some ground teams in, bloodhounds, and guys just coming through the woods. So they took yeah. a few boats and parked it in that area where he was last seen and just started going through the woods. And sure enough, within I think it was three or four hours, I get the call on my cell phone. You know, they were super excited. They found him. Can you come hoist him out? So that was a pretty incredible phone call you know we all of course get we train 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 for this and yeah here it is again so oh yeah. snap okay all yeah right, I, was, right. I was pretty excited when, when steve told me about it it's like no way so i started making phone calls i was starting getting other crews to come out here just to make sure they were on standby just to cover the other calls that uh, we because we were still 24 7 and we also had to assist all the agencies within our county so i was just ready to go, man. I was like, let's do it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right. So now let's get kind of right to see and see you guys. And this is some of the video that you have right from the helicopter. And I know, um, Danny, you had a GoPro on, so you've got some footage of you guys hoisting out and stuff or getting the victim out and, and, uh, and your firefighter. And to remind everybody, if you haven't listened to episode 17, like you guys have a very cool dynamic is the sheriff's office has a helicopter, uh, the pilot, the crew chief, hoist operator, and then your paramedic rescue guy is from the adjoining, like, or not adjoining, but surrounding fire stations. So you basically fly over there, land at like the firehouse, be like, hey, boys, get in. And then you go. 
right? Exactly. In this case, um, sometimes we'll have a meet us at the hangar. And in this case, we had two um, lieutenants that were also paramedic rescue swimmers that were working at the training facility for our Seminole County Fire Department. They were like 10 minutes down the road. So when, when I got the call, they jumped in the vehicle and drove here, actually. So we could do a thorough pre-flight, take our time, talk about what we had. I mean, obviously, he'd been out there for two days. Yeah. And he was dehydrated. We had people with him, giving him water, but he could not walk out on his own. So they were just standing by with him, the ground troops, waiting for us to get there. So we did a good solid brief, did our frat, talked about it. Um, everybody good. We ready to do this. And everybody was like, come on, Steve, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so, like you're, Steve, you're keeping everybody in check. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. All right. So let's get on scene. So you guys start rolling up on scene. I imagine you're on radios with guys on the ground. Yeah. So we, we had communications with them uh, because they had the, uh, the location. They gave us the, the, the lat long. So we plugged that in the computer. And that was pretty awesome because I was able to plug that in on the mapping system. And within seconds, you know, when we get on scene, it's like, oh, there they are. So we put them on the screen and then we just start doing a search pattern, trying to look at, you know, what all the obstacles we have on scene and then just take it from there. Yeah, Danny did an incredible job. He's a wizard with all this technology. And he typed in that coordinates that we got on the 11 minute flight to the scene from Sanford International Airport. He types in the coordinates and I'm talking, okay, guys, when we get there, you know, me and the paramedics will be looking out the window. Danny's going to be running the camera. And, you know, well, I figured for sure I would see him first. Danny's like, before we could even get there and like, look out, he's like, I got him. And we're like, what? You can even hear it in the audio of the highlight. I was like, already? Wow. You know, that's awesome. when you watch the video, you should, yeah, it's pretty funny. But. <laughs> yeah, the technology is great when someone, um, you know, obviously once the ground units got there, we had coordinates from their equipment. So it was like rock solid spot on. We didn't have to go search or anything. It was right to business. Yeah. Uh, did they have to make a clearing area for you or was it already? Well, because the video shows those guys kind of an open area. Was that something yeah. that they made or was that already there? I was told they did clear yeah, out. I was going to say, yeah, from my understanding, FWC and the other units that were there, they actually made that opening. It was like a 10 by 10, I think it was. Uh, but it was a pretty decent space where we can actually uh, deploy no issues. Um, and we were able to basically just run through our checklist and then just on the first one, we were able to just insert them in and then uh, the power make went down there, made contact. And then from there, we just waited until they were ready to come back. Nice. Uh, how long was he down on scene? I wasn't long. I, I want to say what, just a couple of minutes. I mean, because the good thing is that there were units already there on the ground. So they were just basically just waiting on us so we can rescue, take them off, <laughs> take them on board and then go land off site. Uh, so they already had an LZ already selected. They had units uh, making sure there's no, nobody coming around, no vehicles. And uh, so we uh, brought them on board and then we landed off site. And the uh, primaries that were waiting with an ambulance, they took them after. Yeah, oh, Lieutenant, James did, Lieutenant James didn't need long. We decided to put him in the screamer suit as yep. opposed to a strop because we just didn't know. He'd been out there for two days with no nourishment and his feet and legs were pretty torn up. He was walking around with no shoes on in that unbelievable terrain invested with alligators and snakes and 
spiders and everything else you can imagine that everybody yeah. jokes about. We have here in Florida, lots of yep. uh, yeah. dangers, but um, yeah, so we, he needed a couple of minutes. I mean, we train, we do this so often. It's so amazing. We're like, you know, it's just like training, just the real thing. So yeah, it's um, funny you say that because after we were done, we're like, oh, finally we did it. It was like, man, that went pretty well, just like training. It was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, for all you bean counters out there that uh, yell at us about how much it costs to do training, this is why, all right? I'm just going to help everybody right. out there, all right? Um, Dan, I got to ask you, so you get on scene, con in, and you're over the top. Like, give me a play-by-play. Like, was it easy yeah, so, getting right in there or what? So, you know, it, it was good that we had the lat long. So I was able to plug that in. Um, we, we spot them. Then we start going, we run to the checklist. You know, we basically start from the cabin. You know, I get the okay to start hoisting. I come out to the skid, you know, I do my operational check. I bring the hook in. Then I uh, get my paramedic. He's getting off comms, you know, he's getting ready to go. And I hook him on and then bring him out to the skid. From there, I'm just like, it's like right there. You still got a visual, you know, go forward. And it just went so smooth, you know, it, it almost like, like, wow, I can't believe I'm doing this, but it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys do uh, dynamic hoisting out there. So you start a ways away and hoist in as you're flying forward. And for everybody that didn't, I should have actually mentioned this earlier. You guys are flying an A-star. Like it is a, it's a small helicopter with a tiny little cable. So yeah, you know, for you guys, um, but I remember being that, you know, as soon as we're, either above the trees, like you're coming in dynamic, you pull into that hover static in between all the trees and then boom, is it? As soon as that hoist cable is clear, you're back into forward flight. So man, that's. Yeah. It's okay. an incredible machine. It is. Once you get those back seats out, it has a little more space than you would think, but yeah, compared to what you're used to working in, it's a <laughs> small house, but you know, small we have office. A, yeah. We but, have a lot yeah, of power. I mean, you know, we're doing these missions with tandem hoists and the crew on board. And I even, took an extra paramedic just in case he was sitting up in the front left with me and we're still only pulling 80% power and, and making wow. all this happen. And um, so it's, it's an incredible machine. It does really well for us and we couldn't be happier with the reliability and the safety of it. Man, that is awesome. Uh, so all right. So now once, once he gets down on deck, paramedic gets on deck, packages, doesn't take more than a couple of minutes. You guys probably did what two circles up top like two patterns, maybe one. And you're yeah, back it was probably there. like one, one and a half, maybe. Uh, <laughs> we went sightseeing and we went and checked out the springs for a second. And, oh, that's so you know, good. Dude. Then he's like, he radioed up and said he's ready. So we, we eased back over there. Cool. Um, when give you started space, you know, with the noise and all, give him a little bit of space, get out, you know, give him some distance. That's awesome. And then, um, so Danny, when you went to pick him up, cause now you're, you're doing a double up, uh, the, um, yes, so we, we did a yep. yeah, we did a tandem um, on the way back. Uh, once, since I'm already familiar with the area, we just did the first insert. Uh, we come back in, you know, the hook's already on its way, and um, he's ready. I mean, the pickup was so full smooth, you know. I mean, I, I can't I can't help it that you know uh, I have a good pilot. You know, he knows what what I'm doing. You know, oh, that's so nice. I know what him. he's doing. So yeah. it's like. 
we we were on sync that day. It was like beautiful. It's like mm-hmm. you know I couldn't I couldn't have done any better only because uh, we're working together. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's that just goes to show how good of a hoist operator you are because you have to stroke the pilot ego. You have to do that. <laughs> and if you don't do that, like, oh, man, oh, you well, have it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this is a great job, sir. Uh, You're coming in just right. Good speed, good approach. It's perfect. Listen, we got the easy job in this case, the crew chief. I've, I've gone out there once and tried to manage that cable and hoist, and I'm like, this is all you guys, man. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> stick to piloting. Oh, it's awesome. All right. Uh, last bit of questions before we, like, uh, you guys get into landing. So once you get them in the aircraft, you guys are in the forward flight, pulling the uh, the victim into the aircraft along with your rescuer. I know it's tight back there. Um, was there any issues there? Or was was everything cool enough to just keep going? Patient care, no problem. He was pretty happy. Smiles or what? Yeah. So just looking at my first impression, uh, just looking at him, uh, he just looked like you know he just. I mean, could you imagine being out in the woods for 40 hours? He looked like he was just done, you know. Yeah. Um, he he looked like he just needed a, a good rest. And uh, a good thing that he was kind of short. He was probably no more than five 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 maybe. So that helped because in the back cabin, as you're familiar with it, it's pretty it's pretty small type back there. So I drag him in as he's coming in and. Um, paramedic uh, Lieutenant Jane, he's talking to him, just assuring him that, you know, everything's going to be good. We're going to go land, just kind of give him a brief of what's going on, because he still probably doesn't know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> he just knows he's inside the helicopter, but he doesn't know what's coming next. But um, he's talking to him and he's basically communicating and everything. The conversation there is good. And within minutes, you know, maybe even seconds later, we're landing and uh, everything went well from there man awesome uh good patient pass down and brief and then load back in and go home and that's it huh pretty much yeah. <laughs> a funny tidbit i talked to the detective that interviewed him after the fact and um you know there was some questions i wanted them to ask him and i think they're going to try to follow up like you know we were all over that the day before but the trees were so thick it's like why did you not, you had to have heard the helicopters. Couldn't you have moved out into somewhat of a open area? And so we had seen you, but one of the questions they did ask him or he did comment on was um, he insists and swears that there's um, Bigfoots out there, that there's a Sasquatch in the woods. But that was pretty funny not to fuel any uh, conspiracy theories, but I think when you get in those scenarios, I've heard that before where people hear noises and they, they swear. I had another guy we hoisted that was out there for five days without his medication and no food or water. And he said he was sleeping with the bears, literally. <laughs> All right. All uh, right. Yeah. So I, I think I'm starting to notice a trend where people spend long periods of time in the woods. They, they have a lot of time to think or their mind gets to the best of them. Yeah. yeah, wow. Can't imagine yeah. some, some had to do with the the deprived the, the of sleep and not being able to eat and just like, am I ever gonna get out of here? <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, all right, so kind of we're gonna debrief this a little bit right now, which is kind of fun. And out of curiosity, it sounds like everything went exactly the way it was briefed and planned. But is there anything you guys would have done different on this case? Yeah, so on the initial 
I guess, you know, debrief. Uh, so we found out that there's a different channel that we can utilize in the future. Uh, we use an analog. Uh, we have we have so many radios inside the aircraft, but this is particular one that channel that we use that uh, we find out that we can have a digital one, which we could get better reception. It's more clear. Uh, we didn't have any communications issue on in this scenario, but in the future we're going to utilize the digital one because apparently it's a lot better. So sweet. Yeah, of course. After the fact, the comm centers all got together, and we're still debriefing. They're, they did a online uh, link I got sent for a debrief questionnaire, which is great. I think we all do good at collaborating different agencies and debrief. But of course, after the fact, they were like, oh, didn't you know this channel was there? And you could have. So we went up and tested it the next day. And of course, it was crystal clear. And the one we were using was patched. And it didn't sound great, but it did the job. I could, you know, there really wasn't any lack of communication or information. We were literally talking to the command post and to the folks that were in the field. We were able to ask patient weight and get an updated, you know, patient status. And, and uh, so it was great. I think, you know, that's really the, I, yeah. I agree. I think the main thing, you know, this one just really went smoothly, I, you know. Everybody wants that 4K, you know, it was like 780p, but hey, did you know you can use 4K? Oh, well, you know, next time we'll use that one. <laughs> uh, right. Thanks. Thanks for letting me know after the thanks. <laughs> Man. Oh, well done, boys. Well done. Uh, thank you guys for coming on and sharing this and letting us know kind of just how it went down, man. I, I appreciate it. I love it. So if you guys have anything else you want to share, uh, I'm all ears. If not, we can sign off. No, we appreciate you and, and uh, reaching out and getting us um, back on the show and your enthusiasm and everything you're doing for the industry. We wholeheartedly support you and it's been a pleasure working with you. Yeah, thank you. We really appreciate it. You know, Absolutely. we do so many things, you know, a lot of things just kind of get forgotten or just kind of like, oh, you know, we do that all the time. But, you know, for this particular one, in my case, since I was part of the this rescue, I'm just glad I was able to document it and then show it so that we can, you know, utilize it in the future to either uh, inspire more people or, you know, just continue training and, and see what we can do uh, with this because uh, we, we do a lot of training, but there's a reason for it, you know, and if we can save one life, you know, that, that matters. Well said, sir. Well said. I like it. Well, gentlemen, uh, you guys are probably on duty. I see you in flight suits. So, you know what? Go get another one and then come back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Awesome. We'll get back at it. I love it. With that, guys, thank you again so much for sharing this. Um, I can't wait to get this out there to everybody. So enjoy. Thanks, Quinny. Nope. Be careful right. out there. Come back and see us soon. I, I'm trying. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I promise. <laughs> right on. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Go. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Real Rescue Podcast. Please take a minute to like, subscribe, and hit that share button. I'm pulling chocks and taking off. But before I go, if anyone out there has a rescue story they would be willing to share, I would be humbled and honored to have you on as a guest. Or if you have any questions about rescue or anything else we talk about here, send an email to jason at therealrescue.com that's jason at t-h-e-r-e-a-l-r-e-s-q.com you can also check us out on our web pages therealrescue.com our facebook page 
and our Instagram page at The Real Rescue. Again, a special thank you to all of you standing on the watch today. Always remember, when that SAR alarm goes off, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. Until next time, fly safe and swim hard.